You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast, sponsored by Iris Elements, the weekly podcast for ambitious bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be discussing topics which will help you build a successful practice which works for you. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? It feels like I've heard you've got storms and everything today and I've got sunshine and heat and it feels like we definitely feel like we're on the other side of the country from each other today. And then we've got Karen in Scotland. What's the, what's the weather like up there? <laughs> Very hot actually and it's the summer holidays for the schools so um, it's probably like one day of sunshine and then it'll start raining. <laughs> <laughs> How about where you are? I feel like we're just doing the weather, like the national weather now, Emma. <laughs> It's very grey, warm but grey. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We're here with Emma James and Karen Kennedy, and we, just, we thought we'd like we'd love to run a session about pricing this evening. Talk to the ladies about their pricing and their businesses, but obviously also learn about what they've been doing and how they got started and what they've learned and what we can share with the rest of the community. Thanks everyone so much for joining and letting us know that you're here live or here for a replay. Um, obviously, we can't say that right now, but let us know if you're live or replay. And um, yeah, and. I hope you've all had a good day. I love the session with Ashley this morning. That was amazing. I, I listened back to the podcast and uh, it was really good, really interesting. And Emma, you're just like superstar today on everything. <laughs> or just a bad smell, either way. <laughs> and then we had Emma at lunchtime. I caught back up with Emma at lunchtime as well. It was another fab session. I'm just, I mean, we, the sessions that we have where we have our members actually turn up and they're always amazing because we always, we never know really what we're going to kind of really talk about because we just say let's just see where the conversation takes us obviously tonight we're going to be talking about pricing but we never know what's going to come up and it's always always great fun i think we need to remind everyone that if anyone is thinking of joining our six-month success program the, there's bonuses that were our like fast action taker bonuses they mm-hmm. finish at 9 p.m. So, but within the hour. So, um, yeah, is Zoe going to bring up? The I'm wondering if I can get them up on the screen for you. If yes. you, um, if you missed that last night, so we've got these three bonuses which expire this evening at nine o'clock. So we've got a rise positioning call, which is all about. I've just realised this banner's like over the top of everyone's face. So I can just like do very <laughs> the top. Um, but um, if you if you want to work out how to use the rise framework within your business that is going to be a really good session for you really practical then we've got a confidence bundle with a, a self self-belief course there's a masterclass in there as well and also lots of really cool behind the scenes stuff with joe talking about um, her business her sales process how she got to six figures if you want the like juicy details that is the that is the bonus to get so that does expire at nine o'clock and uh, we've had people signing up this evening who i think have thought oh okay i'm gonna go so uh <laughs> if that's you don't miss out because it's a really good opportunity super excited about it um but i think we should get stuck in like um do you want like karen do you want to start and tell us about how you got started in business and uh, what your journey's been so far yes absolutely and thanks for having me um yeah so i'm karen and i run you can see behind me kennedy accountancy um i started in lockdown uh in 2020 yeah october 2020 came out of a corporate job and it's quite a standard kind of thing that we hear people wanting to come out of the corporate world and get a bit more flexibility and that was exactly what it was um 
and had no clients and I just just went for it um and to cut a long story short I'm almost two years in I've got an office now I started at home and I've just taken on my second member of staff so I've got an apprentice AAT slash second son third son sorry third son um and an admin assistant has just come on board three weeks ago and I think one of the most important things in starting the business was nailing the pricing from the start. Um, and I feel very fortunate that I did that. However, it is always evolving. And I think it's uh, important to note that, that it's something that's always changing. So that's me. And talking about um, pricing, we are out, um, our sponsors are Go Proposal, and I've just noticed that the logo's disappeared, Zoe, so we need to bring that back up. Um, but um, yes, and it is so important, Karen, as as you say, because um, I actually, when I started my practice three years ago, I didn't do very well with the pricing. I didn't focus as much effort and time on it. I kind of gave everyone a ballpark figure, and um, it very quickly meant that I ran into issues because um, most things are pricing issues. As in, if you're not pricing correctly, you can't have the money in the back of the bank and then you can't make the decisions that you need to make. So uh, I think that's a great top tip. And that's why we're going to be talking lots about pricing tonight. Emma, do you want to give us um, a bit of your background and what your practice, how long it's been running for and who you serve? Yeah, so I started um, back in 2016. So quite a bit longer than Karen. Um, a bit like Karen, left corporate burnt out quite a bit so needed to make a decision about what to do next whether that was just going into another job or setting up on my own um started it had all the intention of it only ever just being me I think looking back kind of what I almost wanted was another job not another business um and so created what was effectively a job for myself for four or five years um I was part of the very first um, program group um, so started back in 2020 with that um, and that really helped me like see that I was actually running a business not just like swapping my time for money um, and last month uh, I took on my first employee which was really good and not something that I thought I would do but have been kind of talking about it for about five years but finally did that and yeah, I think, as you were saying, Joe, like, at the very beginning, my pricing wasn't great. Um, I did the classic thing of um, basing it based on what other people were charging, not what I needed or what my goals were or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, like Karen, it's, it's constantly evolving. So um, what if when you decided to bring an employee in did you need to change something about the way you were pricing or were you thinking beforehand something has to change so that I can change the business what what, what sort of came first with the pricing Emma? I think the pricing well I did quite a big review of pricing about two years ago um the, the actual pricing itself wasn't awful before um it just needed a few little tweaks and standardizing really um but no from about two years ago I was pricing for some sort of support whatever that might look like um or just more money for me what whatever <laughs> whatever turned out um so yeah the, the actual pricing didn't need tweaking and as Joe said like 
it's so important to have that like it wasn't a concern for me about being able to afford to have that person in um it, it was more about yeah how much time do I need and, and trying to work around that and also thinking about I think what I needed to think about that I didn't need like a full year's salary for them up front which is kind of what I'd been stressing out about um but having just having enough to do that but yeah the, the, the pricing didn't need tweaking for the employee I think we all stress about that, you know. I think even when it's just you in the business, you stress about have I got enough? Like, how much do I need to have? Like, I I worry about it. <laughs> it's big. It's just I think built into us because we're numbers people, aren't we? And it's like well, I need to be sure. And we we are people who want to see it in black and white that you know everything's going to work out. But you don't always know that, do you, in business? And um, Karen, when you so when you brought your two team members in, you've obviously well, I assume you've factored that into your forecasting as you've gone along that you were going to need those people at particular points I'm really interested in this because I think this is something that a lot of people watching will be thinking I'm I'm really busy like I was um speaking to Emma Sanderson at lunchtime and you know she's like at full capacity and she was talking about you know being able to get to a position where she can start to hand people over and uh, we were talking about how pricing comes into that kind of decision of when you're ready to do it and, and often people don't want to bring someone into the team because they think I am giving away this, like I'm working so hard to build this, uh, these earnings for myself. The last thing I want to do is give it to somebody else. But I guess you had that vision right from the beginning, Karen. Did you think it would be just you? I don't know. Yeah, right at the start, I thought it would be just me. Um, but quite cl- quickly realised that that was wrong. Um, and I've, I've spoken about him a lot before, but I started working with Will Farnell who obviously kept me on the right track and he said to me right at the start you will need someone and I kind of dug my heels in and thought no it won't I'll be fine um but he was right so what I did was worked out a forecast for the next 12 months and based on what I was taking on a new business every month worked out at which point in the year I would need employee number one so I think we forecast that that would be in September 2021 and Andrew started in October so it was it was pretty much bang on and it just goes to show that we do as bookkeepers and accountants need to know our numbers and our forecasts I think sometimes like we spend so much time telling clients that that we can overlook it ourselves and so that was really really key and then the second hire, the admin um, assistant, was just to free up more time for myself. And it had been on my mind for ages and getting in the habit of every time I was doing some something that I shouldn't have been thinking, this is a job for, for someone else. It's, it's not worth, not worth my, uh, my time. But yeah, the, the forecasting thing and, and literally knowing your numbers is, is key. So then you are not taking on people if you have to get to that stage too late and you're chasing your tail. Because I remember at one point when I had 35 or so limited companies, it was Will that said to me, right, so factor in holidays, this, that and the other, that's one a week, over a year that you, that you need to be doing. And it was at that point I was like, oh, 
you know, one set of limited company accounts a week is uh, is quite a lot. So it's uh, it's just looking ahead um, and making sure that that the pricing is there to to take on to take on the staff and that it, it all it all boils down to to pricing. And if you are, you know, charging early rates and time for money, you won't have it built in properly. Um, so stop doing it. I think and I think we we can all say that we've all been on a journey with our pricing and we're mostly always going to be on a journey with our pricing don't think it's ever a finished product don't ever get to a point where you think yep that's it I'm never going to have to look at this again Um, and I think it's interesting to think and talk about like our pricing journeys I you know from the beginning I'm I'm trying to think like the beginning of my self-employment where I was um being an outsourced subcontractor for uh, an accountant and he used to charge me at 35 pound an hour and I used it I started on 12 pound 50 for him and then he and then he raised it to 13 pound 50 so that's what I was doing at the beginning and when I finally got my own clients um I think I started at about 18 pound um I mean we're talking you know it's been a long time but um 18 pounds an hour and then I got to £25 an hour and thinking, wow, uh, this is this is big. Um, but every one of my practices s- suffered. It didn't, it wasn't, I, ha- I didn't realise that that was the problem. I never knew that that was the problem. It just, it wasn't being spoken about because everyone else was charging by the hour. So it, um, it was only really in, I mean, really in the last couple of years, because even when I started this practice in April 19, I knew I didn't want to charge by the hour, so I was going to charge a monthly rate. But I didn't really know what that monthly rate was going to be, so I came up with this amazing plan, which I thought would keep it really simplistic. And it's so stupid now I say it, but this is was me three years ago. Um, so sole traders not, not VAT registered, one hundred and sixty pound a month. Sole traders VAT registered, two sixty a month, and all limited companies three sixty a month. Oh my god! And that's how I started. It's so hard, though, because you know what? One of the things you think, and I thought this too, um, when you start out, you think, and I used, and I started charging £25 an hour when I started my business. Um, we sort of think, well, I don't need to charge as much as an accounting accountancy practice because I don't have the same overheads. And, and so that means I'll win work because I'll be cheaper. So people will come to me. Like we think that and we feel like, yeah. And uh, and then we're like, oh, there's like loads of other stuff that I haven't factored into it. And I think like it came became really obvious for us both. And certainly I very early on was having conversations with my clients saying, oh my God, I've totally got this wrong. <laughs> we got to start again. And, uh, and it's best to, like Karen has done, you haven't had to have that awkward conversation because from day one, you've gone out there and charged the right price um yeah I think I think when when you train in a traditional practice who charges by the hour you just do what what you've seen so my charge out rate was 30 pound an hour when I left so I thought I would just do the same thing and it was by pure luck I was talking to someone and they they mentioned goal proposal and you know not all accountants charge an early rate and I was totally shocked and I learned about it and I went full in on it but that first proposal that I sent out that was like a monthly fee felt so uncomfortable because it was so different to what I knew and they refused it and that could have been the catalyst for me to go oh well let's just go back to the safe the safe early rate but I didn't um 
and I won the next one and it kind of snowballed from there. But it's, you've got to make yourself uncomfortable sometimes. Absolutely, especially around the pricing, because you need to, um, you need to be testing the market all the time as well when you're having these conversations about, um, it, and you need to have the conversations. You need to have, I think the thing is with Go Proposal, yes, it is a pricing tool, but the difference about it, and the reason I knew about Go Proposal was because when I was, uh, I don't know if any of you remember Shirley Mansfield, who did uh, something, uh, a podcast with us right back, back at the beginning. She was my business coach years and years and years ago. And she was coaching an accountancy firm local to me. And she said, and she was one that implemented Go Proposal into their business. Anyway, when I was a finance director, I went to them for a quote. And I knew that they used Go Proposal. And Shirley had told me how it was going to work and how they were going to show me on screen. And I was really excited to see it. He didn't even switch his computer on at the meeting. He was too scared. And I was excited to see it. And he was too scared to show it to me. And I never actually received his proposal. He never even sent it to me afterwards. It, it got lost or something. Um, so what Go Proposal does, which is is help, which helps the pricing conversation, is that it lifts the platform that you're on because you are talking and sharing the prices. You've got such transparency, which I think I feel better about because when I used to have a conversation and say, I'll get back to you within the week and I'll give you a proposal, I used to sit there and wonder and I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I think, oh, I used to maybe fluff it up if I thought they could afford it or take it down if I didn't. I, there was so much finger in the air kind of just guessing, guesswork. And that never felt good to me. Whereas with Go Proposal, going and sharing my screen and saying, this is the service you want. Okay, this is the service you want. Have you have you thought about this service? It helps you straight away to set out your whole stall, not just when they come to you and say, this is what I need, this is what I need. It opens, it's a conversation starter. Have you ever had management accounts before? Do you know what they are? Have you ever had a cash flow forecast service before? Is that something you'd be interested in? Can I talk you through it? Um, and then you can put it on their roadmap so they can see what the price is, even if they decide not to go for it that time, services you may consider in the future, I think is what it says underneath roadmap. And again, so it's like planting that seed. So it's so much more than that. But also, how, I don't know if, you know, Karen, you've ever experienced this when you have that Go proposal, people are like, oh, this is posh, or this is nice. So straight away, you've raised the bar compared to sending them a Word document attached to an email at a later point. And yeah. I think that's, so I think there's so much more packaged up in that. And then I think as well, we go proposal do help in their community because I don't think they I don't think they shout out about this enough that when you get the software, you also get a Facebook group in their community. And there's so many prizes. Now you have to be careful in there because they do often say, you know, they you can't go in there and say, how much is everyone charging for this service? Because they have to be careful around that. But there is so much help and advice. And you can go in there and say, I'm about to send my first proposal. You know, what what do you think? And people will really like, there's lots of people in there doing it all the time. So it's nice. It's a nice community for that. Um, and then there's also you get a training course from James on how to price, when you should price, how getting the mindset around it. So his book's selling to serve he's got a course that you get access to which is really handy so mm -hmm. all those things combined I think 
um, help you and your mindset. It's not saying it's not scary. Like you, when you did your first one, Karen, like when I did my first one, oh my goodness, I had things in the wrong place. And, you know, I didn't know that there was meant to be an alignment fee to gather up the time that we were going to be working from in the past and all these things. You don't know what you don't know, but it's really about kind of getting started. Whatever software package you use, whatever pricing system you use, you've got to start getting confident to start having these conversations. Um, Emma, when you started with your practice, um, and you've said that like money's not really been an issue, but did you have you had times where did you ever charge by the hour? Yeah, so I started off um, it, and I picked my hourly rate at 30, although that quite often got dropped to 25 when I bottled it and <laughs> talking to a client. Um, so, yeah, I started off at like 25, 30 and quickly realised that that was going to get me into trouble. Um, I was very clear from the start at how much I wanted to work um, and I started the business wanting full flexibility. I wanted to work not very many hours. Um, I don't do evenings, weekends. I'm very clear about the hours that I work. Um, and I knew I was going to hit a ceiling quite quickly. And I also knew that because I only wanted to work a certain number of hours, um, I and I didn't want to employ at that point, I wanted it to just be me, I was going to be using software and automation as much as possible. And when you charge by the hour, that automatically reduces how many hours you're working, therefore it's directly impacting your income. So um, hourly didn't last very long. Um, I moved to, I came up with um, menu pricing. So I had like bronze, silver, gold um, and put those together before I really had that many clients and did not pitch them at the right level for so at the very beginning um didn't have you guys I didn't know who my ideal client was didn't know what I was offering didn't know anything um I hadn't worked in practice so I came from industry um had no idea what I was doing really um and so yeah put these menus together and put these packages together um in yeah completely not pitched at the level of what my clients are so even now my clients tend to be quite low volume um or, or relatively low volume compared to other people in the group and having yeah having those packages just didn't really work as I was getting clients who like these packages have now like 10 11 things in them sometimes and just those clients did not need them so that wasn't quite right but I knew I wanted the monthly fee it was just a case of trying to work out what that actually looked like and then I think I went to Accountex one year and heard a few talks about people mentioning value pricing so I thought oh that seems like it's a bit more kind of a little bit more what I'm looking for um so got rid of all the packages um priced up each individual service a little like a proposal um and ha have done it that way for since uh, probably about four years now like the actual prices has changed but how i price has pretty much stayed the same uh, and yeah. you were saying about um hourly rating like emma really is like a ninja for automation like some of the things you can do i have no idea how you do it so i like i can see why you you 
you would make so much more money by hourly rate if you were typing that information in. So realizing that was really important because otherwise you've got you've got to manage loads and loads of clients, haven't you, to be able to create the same level of fees. You do. And I, and I see in other groups like where people are talking about they're almost scared to do any sort of like innovation or bring in software like Dext or, or whatever, because it's going to have that direct impact on, on their on their turnover and what, on what they're bringing home. And obviously, I, I think you can still innovate if you're charging hourly, but I think there's definitely um, an incentive to kind of keep going as you're going when you're charging hourly rate and why wouldn't you because yeah you, no one wants to just suddenly reduce their reduce their income oh it's good and so um when you're talking to your clients so how how do you do your proposals then do you well what do you generally send people so because <laughs> i have to be awkward um i have i'm certainly not in competition with james don't worry i have basically created my own system so it's um it's spreadsheet base and a little like go proposal that goes through each individual service so i can still have that conversation of um these are all the things that you can have yeah hope, like joe have you had management accounts do you know what this is so i'm still going through each individual thing that i offer um i don't price on transactions i do kind of complexity um and that more, a lot of my clients, like they all tend to be like roughly the same because I niche. Um, they're all pretty much the same as each other. So I know just from years of working with them what kinds of things I'm looking at. So like complexity is things like do they have Stripe, PayPal, um, foreign currency, um, all of that sort of thing. Um, so I have levels for my bookkeeping and for sales and credit control based on what they want. So that all goes into the spreadsheet. Then um, this is where it gets a bit technical. Then there's a bit of code at the bottom um, called YAML at the bottom of that spreadsheet. I pop that into a Python program. So you told it was going to get technical. And then that goes off, runs the, uh, creates the PDF proposal, which looks pretty cool if I do so so myself. Um, and then it also, it won, and that then, goes off for signing to them. Um, once they sign, I run um, a different program, but with the same, using the same spreadsheet. Um, that creates the letter of engagement. Um, it creates the subscription in Stripe for because that's how I collect all my fees. Um, and it also creates their dashboard on my website where they can do the Stripe subscription and they can also download some help sheets. So just tell some things like about but their UTR, their VAT dates, all of those sorts of things, um, and creates us um, help sheets as well. So that's how I do my proposal. Amazing. Oh. oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's like, <laughs> I love how different we are in this, like in this team. Like I feel like that's what we are. We're this huge team, aren't we? And like we all have these different superpowers. And you've got like this like really cool techie i don't even know how you do this stuff like i maybe once wrote something in html code that made a table or like that's literally the extent of my coding knowledge so and um, it's amazing that when you can do that but that isn't that isn't the reality for most people and that's why we get stuck at this point where we're like 25 pounds an hour like someone said in the chat 
where does this 25 pounds an hour come from? Someone said, oh, it seems to be like a standard trade thing. I've never had a tradee around here who's only charged me 25 pounds an hour. But um, I think it's, it is really interesting and you can see why we get stuck because we don't feel like we have an alternative or we, we just don't know how else to approach it. So um, that's, no, thanks for sharing that because it just shows you've, you've taken the same approach just in a different way. Yeah, because writing proposals is hard, isn't it? Like Joe was saying that with that guy who just didn't send the proposal. Before I had this, um, it would take me hours because I was just putting everything together. It wasn't, yes, I had to come up with the pricing, but actually just putting the document together took so long. So, yeah, and, and when you're busy as well, yeah, the temptation to just say, oh, fine, I'll just do 25, 30 quid an hour is huge. I'm, um, my, my mind is blown by this. Everyone's saying that they want an office hour on this, Emma. So uh, you have just volunteered yourself to teach the members in the Success Lounge, whatever that was you were talking about. I am not going to be there. I cannot even think about how you do this stuff. This is like so far removed. I just about, I get stressed out about trying new software that's already been done for me. I don't, I can't even imagine. You've got such a, such a, and this is, this is why we're all so brilliant is that everybody, everybody that's watching right now, you'll all have different strengths that you can play to, to make your practice so brilliant. Um, and yeah, I just, that I, you were talking words and it was just like trickling over me. I have no idea what you were saying. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go into the chat quickly. Um, An iChat has asked, I got asked by an accountant what my bookkeeping rates um, were. They were asking with a view to outsourcing their bookkeeping plus me. How do you respond as a Go Proposal user? Well, Karen, I mean, I suppose you don't have many accountants outsourced to you, but have you got an, anything that you would like to add to that? Um, I would go back and say it would be job specific and if they mm -hmm. give you more information you could give them a price which would be subject to change if mm -hmm. X, Y or Z changed. Yeah, absolutely. Just stick, because, stick to your guns, I would say. Yeah, because the thing is, I mean, I I outsource my work to an accountant but I know all the work that I have to do Um and he tells me what his fees are going to be for the work he's going to do. And I pay him that. Like, it's a fair exchange. He always tells me what his fees are going to be. Um, and I don't ever ask him. I wouldn't ask him for an hourly rate. Mm. I just think he just tells me what the fee's going to be. So mm. I think we need to start thinking, well, that will be the same for me. And actually, and not thinking and thinking, oh, well, you know, he's, they're an accountant and I need to bow down and do whatever they tell me to do. If they're telling me, they're only talking about hourly rates because that is what they know about. So actually for them, and I would argue for them, that um, they should be charging their client on a monthly fee. <laughs> and therefore, yeah. when you give your, they can see if there's enough profit there or not, and they can really manage their cash flow really, really easily. So I think, yeah, of course, if the client, um, we do have to take into account things when we're outsourcing things like, okay, so that accountant has marketed, done the sales call. They're going to be doing, you know, the client management, a lot of that kind of stuff um, on the day to day. Maybe the emails. It depends again. Or are you going to be managing that client? What is there's so many questions that you need to know about that relationship. 
Um, but definitely don't don't go down just because they've asked the question, what is your uh, hourly bookkeeping rate? Or what, what actually, what are your bookkeeping rates? It, well, you say my, my monthly rate depends on how much work there is, the complexity, the type of client, um, what software it's on, whether I'm the one that has the contact with the client and has to chase up the missing items or there's so many questions involved. People within the community will do, will take a percentage, won't they? So I think it's like the problem is whether the client is charging in that way or not. Quite often when you're subcontracting, you're doing it at a point where you're new in business and you're like getting experience. It's quite a good way to get experience. Like I did some subcontracting on self-assessment because I haven't done self-assessment before. And uh, I was paid an hourly rate to do some self-assessment. So I think it's like, if you want to build that experience up because it's going to help you to be ready to build your practice or get the, the experience that you need, then that might be the way that you approach it. Um, it's really, it's about having the conversation with that person and deciding to some extent who you work for. It's like Joe always says about when you work for accountants, like when your strategy is to, uh, I think a lot of us have been told in the before, don't worry about an idle client, just have a really good relationship with an accountant who'll give you loads of work. Um, it sounds great, doesn't it? But the problem is that they're going to give you the work that they don't want to do or, well, maybe they won't, but potentially that's what could happen, right? And you don't have the control over your workload in the way you do when you decide who it is you want to be working with. And that's when you're in a position where you've basically created a job, but you're taking more risk because you're self-employed. So um, decide what you want, what what is the purpose of subcontracting? Because um, I can't remember who we were talking to the other day, but you know, the other thing is like, it fills a cash flow gap for you. It might be that you haven't got the client base right now and you need to be bringing money in and um, that's okay. It's just whether that's a long-term decision or not. Yeah, I definitely used the relationship with accountants and working from home to kind of get my confidence up and learn and I implement what I'd learn in my studies. That definitely, you know, that definitely did help me. And they, and but I was lucky that the accountants that I worked with were very, um, very happy to talk to me and tell me what the next steps would be because they wanted me to do the next bit of work. So that worked well. There was one accountant, um, and I, I know we were speaking about tax assist accountants yesterday, and um, and again, nothing, nothing against them at all, but the the two that I had, one was the insurance broker that turned accountant. The other one was a qualified accountant. And I and um, I used to drive an hour and a half to go to his offices to go and pick up. I mean, now I think it's, how mad was I? I used to drive an hour and a half to his offices to go and pick up the paperwork, to drive them an hour and a half back, do the work, and then drive it back an hour and a half and then go and pick up some more. And um, this was about 2015, I was doing this. And I turned up into his offices and I remember he was buried buried under boxes and paperwork and he and he didn't have anyone in an admin sense um and he said to me I'm gonna get an AAT I'm gonna get someone with AAT qualification and he was trying to um he didn't have any systems or anything even though he bought a franchise he wasn't using those systems and things so he wasn't a great one I was looking at him thinking yeah, I'm not going to ask you too many questions because I don't want to turn out like you. Whereas actually the insurance broker that was turned into an accountant, he had beautifully clean offices and he was very, and he used to drive to me actually. 
He used to, he, I think because I had most, we had more experience in the industry. He used to drive to me. I remember he used to turn up every Christmas Eve and drop me off a bottle of wine and say, thank you so much. And, um, and I know he was making a good profit from me, but it was a nice working relationship and he always did help me out. So I think it's about really thinking about the position you're in at the moment, what you want to do and, and is it a beneficial two-way relationship? And, um, you know, what could you learn and how can it help you progress? Because I do get it that when we first start, we just we just want some experience, don't we? And um, we don't always want to work on our family's businesses who they don't know anything about what we should be doing, because <laughs> that's not helpful. You do want to work with other people as well. Emma, question. What tips do you have for somebody that's listening now that says, oh, I just don't know where to start. I'm Either they're brand new and they're like, I I don't know how to start thinking about pricing. Um, I mean, you've written this, you know, with these formulas and bits and pieces, you've written software to do it. What kind of was going through your mind? I mean, I know you said about complexity. So what would be the difference between complexity and transactions? Where do you start with all of this? Um, to be honest, it's slightly finger in the air. So the complexity thing, Kate has only been in place a few months so I'm still I am still like testing it out at the minute and I think that's probably what I would say is we said right at the beginning pricing is an evolving thing so it's not set in stone um you could you could have two sales calls tomorrow and quote they could be exactly the same business unlikely but they could be exactly the same and you could quote one 500 pound a month and the next one 600 you don't have to quote everyone the same so try trying it out do like a little bit of testing with things um the prices i've got in that spreadsheet right now are unlikely to be the ones that are still in there in a few months time because yeah i i feel that i've got it right or right enough at the minute but um I'm also trying to um, to move the business a little and go for um, a slightly different, well, the same kind of client, but a few steps along. So that's quite different to what I'm used to pricing as well. So yeah, th th this is quite a a bit of an experiment for me, I guess, just to see see how things going. Um, what I what I think is really useful um, in the in the program, there's um, that spreadsheet about pricing and how to work out, like looking at what you want to earn, um, what taxes you're going to pay, how many hours you want to work, all of that sort of stuff. And using that as, as a base, because I know, I think it's, it also feeds back to your goals as well. So I now know where I'm heading and what I want kind of like out, out of business and life, I guess, in the future. And I know what I need in order to get there. So then I can work back from that. So like me and my husband want to build our own, own house in a few years. So that needs us to pay our mortgage off in like three years time. And then obviously buy land, build a house, blah, blah, blah. So to get there, what do I need to do from here? And how do I fill that gap? So what does that mean from a pricing? So I think looking at what your what your goals are and kind of like almost reverse engineering it a bit. But I would definitely say that just don't don't think it's set in stone. What you charge now, it doesn't even have to be what you charge tomorrow. Never mind like this time next year. Just it, it will change, and that's perfectly fine. And I think also just not to take things personally 
as well. Um, like if someone doesn't want to pay your prices, like that's not a personal attack on you. And I think it can be really, really hard, particularly if it's just you in the business um, or you're the main person doing like the sales things in the business. It can, it can feel really tough when someone says, I don't want to pay that or the, like the classic, you're too expensive. No, too expensive for you and the value that you think I'm going to bring. Like it, it's not, it, it doesn't mean anything. And I think if you, in those moments, if you can think about how you buy things. So like there are things that I will pay like a stupid amount of money for like my favorite eye cream, like ridiculous, but I won't pay like 5p for a carry bag at the shop. So it, it's like, people just see value in different things and it doesn't mean anything like it's got nothing to do with you or your pricing it's just how how they feel could be feel that day just what they think of the value they might have spoken to someone else or they might have just lost a big client anything nothing to do with you so yeah I think seeing it see it as an evolving thing and just don't take it personally if someone tells you you're too expensive because you're not, you're just not right for them at that moment. Oh, I love this. Emma, like, I, I love you. <laughs> um, I'm so inspired. Like we've, we've been talking about goals this week and like, and I think you've mentioned about like wanting to build a house and wanting to pay your mortgage off and lots of other things too. And often, right, we like with the goal setting, which we wanted everyone to do at the beginning of the week, Monday night, we were like, right, where, you know, what, what do you want? Let's think big about it. That's a big goal. That's, that's, that's huge. Like that's stuff that a lot of us would never even dream would be possible to do, like to pay, you know, pay your mortgage off that early. And, um, and you're like, I'm going to do that because I want to build my house. And so this is what I need to do. And, and you've told us about how you want to build your business and you don't want to be working weekends and evenings. And you're like, nope, I'm not doing it like that. You've decided. And I think that's so inspirational to people because you do get to choose and you can decide what it is you're working to. And that's okay. You can have what you want to have, and then you can design a business that can work for it obviously you're really good at what you do too and you know you're you're giving your clients what they need and supporting them and all of that stuff it isn't just go like flinging prices out there and waiting for someone to take it like that there's other things going on too it's not as simple as it sounds but I think that it's really good to hear that message for people to like to see you going out there and doing this so thank you for sharing that and yeah absolutely like your value it your pricing is nothing to do with uh, the feelings like it isn't a feelings thing when they're making that decision like you said it's about what you choose to buy and um I think that's so helpful thank you I'm I'm gonna have to like go back and re-listen and like quote Emma everywhere there have been some amazing quotes that have come out today and I feel like we need like this inspirational poster or something so that might be happening as a boot camp special um how about you Karen um what's what would your advice be to somebody with, who's thinking about pricing and starting their practice and or, or has been going for a while and has got really stuck with the pricing yeah I think I've got a few top tips or or learnings um the first would be fee reviews one so if if you start working with a client that's not it for eternity you have to revisit it and and a wee bit of tough love It'll be uncomfortable, but it's worth doing. 
So I um, did, so I use Go Proposal and I did James's April pricing challenge last year. And I repriced six clients, no new services, and put an extra £690 a month on my recurring fees. And was it, com was it comfortable? No. Did I do it? Yes. Did any clients moan? No. So that would be my first thing is, is constantly review your fees. Um, the other thing would be is to be aware of how your fees are lying in relation to how many clients you have and not putting you're not having one client with a huge amount of, of your monthly fees if you're working on a monthly recurring revenue. And I had that situation. I was aware of it and Will had highlighted it as well to me, but I knew it was a risk if that client left that. <clears throat> so I had a client and I was looking back today, actually, they started with me in the January after I started my business and their monthly fee was £1,070, which, you know, even now is an amazing fee. And at the time, I could not believe it. It, it evolved. And when they eventually left in March this year, their fee was up at three grand a month. Now that was about 30% of my monthly fee, which is a, is a massive risk. So that's all about forecasting and having a, a plan if said client leaves. Now I knew the client would would leave because they would outgrow me. Now they were in the fish farming industry, and it was time for them to take it in house because if you ever had to stock value a fish farm, it's horrendous. <laughs> so they needed someone with industry experience, and it was all very amicable. And I was pushing for them to bring it in house, but they left in March this year, so that was a drop in monthly revenue of three thousand pounds, which is a, which is a lot when I'd just taken on an office, uh, an apprentice, and was looking for. A, next member of staff. So I gave myself a challenge or a target, if you like, I saw it as a challenge to replace that by July and I replaced it by June. So that's all about being laser focused on like what you need to do and not letting things, as you say, become personal. It, it is what it is and you can wallow in it and you can you can look and say, oh, if they had stayed, my, my monthly revenue would be X. Well, it's not. So make a plan. It won't always go to plan, but as long as you've got it in your head that you will get there, then you will. And I did a month early. So yeah, believe in yourself. And the last thing I would say is stop seeing yourself as a cost to your clients. Stop saying to your prospective clients, I will cost you X amount per month because that is like, it's a mindset thing and you're telling them that you're a cost to them. Instead, you should be saying, I can bring X amount of value to your business, and this is what the investment will be. You invest this, you get X back. So they either get their time back, you know, they can do something either more profitable or usually more enjoyable than them sitting, working on their spreadsheet and getting into a complete mess. And also you can pitch it from a saving tax perspective and also, this might be an unpopular opinion. Stop being so much of a bookkeeper or accountant. And by that, I mean, does your client care 
about that last 50 pence on the bank rec. No, they don't. And if you go chasing them for a receipt for 50 pence, they are going to think this is a complete pain. And if you don't articulate why you're doing what you're doing, you will just annoy them. That's providing no value. Write off the 50 pence, put it somewhere and focus, focus on the big things that are going to improve your clients' lives. So if you pitch it that you are improving their lives, so you have to have the conversation, why are you doing what you're doing? So it's the same as like the success program goes through what our life goals are and our business goals. Do that with your clients and stress to them that whatever they want and whatever's stopping them getting there that you can help with. So it's just like, stop talking in jargon about bank recs and zero and this and that. That's like our language, it's not theirs. So just be a bit more like client focused. And then the pricing thing is not really an issue because you provide so much value that if you put your price up £100 a month, they can't, they can't argue because they can't afford to not be working with you. So there's my speech. Oh my goodness, Karen. What I, I, Both of you are just so amazing. I feel like we, Karen needs to run the language of accountants and bookkeepers session for us because mm. she's told us like to stop saying about cost start saying about investment and start talking stop talking our language that we talk about with each other and change it into valuable language to uh the clients that makes so much sense and i loved what you said there about the the beginning of the, uh, the success program about what we talk about actually the whole success program if you think about it is teaching you how to run a really good business right so you know when everyone says what do we do with advisory? How do we start an advisory service? The success program is a step-by-step -step guide. If you take it on board and implement it, then you can start talking about branding and marketing and all of the things, goal setting and how, you know, talking, having those conversations with your clients. Exactly. It's exactly the same thing. It's business development. And there's no, and I, I know we said, someone said, oh, what is advisory? What can you talk about? And yes, we're not talking about financial services. We're just talking about, you know, are you being visible? Who are you speaking to? Where are your clients hanging out? Everything you've learned on boot camp, you could go and have your chat to your, chat to your clients about, and that would be advisory and you'd be adding value. This is just, this is just gold, ladies. Absolutely gold. Um, there's a hashtag now, be like Karen. So like, that's going to happen. That's the thing. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I oh, and, and do you know what I love about seeing with Karen's journey as well is that I mean, obviously you live in the most. Karen lives in this most beautiful place uh, in the Highlands. It is absolutely stunning. But I love the fact that you know we've seen you as you've been on the journey with us, and you've been there in your living room, and you've been there with the boys, and then you've been there where you've been running, and now you're in this posh office, and like it's like you we've just watched you kind of transform, and and the way you're talking of it, you just you sound like you know you've just got it all together, and you're so cool, calm, and collected. No wonder your clients feel very safe in your hands and feel like she knows what she's doing and I'm in safe hands. And I mean, I'm uh, to take my hat off to you. I, you know, I lost a client It's only, I think it's, he's not, he's actually still in, he's still with us. It's his last day today. So but I, I've been talking about it for three weeks or four, because he's given us notice and I'm trying to get that. So I'm taking from you, I'm going to have that positive mindset. I I'm going to set the actual goal when we're going to replace that income. 
and I'm going to be more like Karen. Hashtag be more Karen. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, sorry, Zoe. Sorry. Um, that was so amazing. Thank you so much for spending the evening with us. And um, thanks to everyone who's come along and watched and got involved in the conversation as well. I've just seen Libby say, I've been so transfixed by the conversation. I haven't even commented. It's unlike Libby. <laughs> we like, we loved having you all here watching and getting involved. Um, we are back tomorrow at 10 o'clock we've got, just going to try and find the schedule to bring it up um we've still got another day to go um and tomorrow morning we're speaking to juliana Nagy about how she's building her practice we're talking to laura day henderson at one o'clock then at two we've got a bonus session with james ashford from go proposal by sage and then we're going to be back tomorrow evening at eight o'clock for our final session and we're talking to nicola fallon and steph merrill about a similar conversation to this they they've both built their practices they do things in different ways again and we're going to talk to them about how they're approaching pricing as well and i think it's going to be there'll there'll be a whole other dynamic around it so um it's it's just been amazing um emma and karen can you just let us know how people can connect with you so that they can you know be more like both of you <laughs> start some more hashtags um karen yeah. do you want to let us know um, I'm, you can usually find me on Instagram at Kennedy Accountancy um, and it's a mixture of like life truths, um, my riotous life with my children and the state of my house and a bit of accounts and tax. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, but I don't post on there very often. Uh, so Instagram's a place to get me. Thank you. And Emma? So I'm on Instagram um, at the underscore number underscore Ninja. I'm often in either the success group or the six figure club. And after the session with Ashley this morning, I'm also on LinkedIn. So um, yeah, you can get me at any of those places. Oh, perfect. Oh, thank you. I just you want so to say, if you want access, there's another reason to join the success program and that is to be in the success lounge and have access to Emma and her genius whatever it yes. was you're talking about coding <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely and that is the thing it and people say oh you know is it people don't join for me and zoe we've we've written the courses you amazing people that are building fantastic practices and this is why we love to interview so many of you in boot camp because you always just bring it honestly i'm i'm so 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 pleased that we can call you friends call you business besties um because we all learn so much from each other and it's it's amazing thank you so so much um really really love this evening just a reminder to everybody that there is three minutes left one minute left if you want to buy the program and get the um and get all the bonuses and um we will see you tomorrow at 10 a.m there are some before Joe. You oh. can still buy the program tomorrow. You can still oh, yes. get the program tomorrow, but some of the bonuses expire tonight at nine o'clock. So if you've been Did sitting on the fence and you want to get the full, yeah, I don't know where we are in the week right now. It's there's a lot going on, isn't there? But um, you know, don't feel the pressure. But there are three bonuses expiring at nine o'clock, like right now. Anyway, <laughs> um, thank you so much, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow, and uh, yeah. Have a good time. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.